Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Um, I am in my flat as I do this uh, as I do this introduction, and uh, I'm having a nice time. I'm sat here in my shorts. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't put the heating on though, so I don't know why I'm doing that. I think I was in I was in the process of going to the gym before I I we did the record this morning, and then I just ran out of time. So now I'm just sat in my gym gear. I've done that before. I feel like I've been because I'm in my shorts. <laughs> just, you know, we we talk about this in the episode. Actually, we talk about uh, trying to just like little changes in your life to to try and improve things. You know, and you'll hear that in the episode coming up. Um, I am trying, doing my best. Uh, we all we went out the other night, and uh, Patrice Paul and I, and uh, and his son and uh, and his brother-in-law. We all went out, and we saw Mr. Tom Stade in action. That was good fun. Um, and it's just it's I've not been to a gig like that for ages I'm normally at, I'm normally working so it was nice to, to to be at a gig and just be able to chill out and actually have a laugh and not that I don't I don't laugh at my own, at other gigs but it was nice not to have to worry it was lovely we had a really nice time didn't have any dinner and I got a bit squiffy and so yeah I've got to learn not to do that <clears throat> I ended up yeah I, I get that in the end I have a pint and I go right I'm having all the pints and then I had and uh, producer Paul was going mate have, subtly going look I'm having a burger have a burger and I went no I'm not going to have a burger and I had pints then I had to get the bus home back to Brighton which is two hours and I bought a load of shit from Sainsbury's and I ploughed into that on the bus and then just yeah just woke up this morning going oh you're such a piece of shit so anyway I'm going to have to re-evaluate my life (laughs) but we talk about that in the episode you'll hear that in a minute I hope you lot are doing alright I hope you're well Um, this week's guest is the wonderful Kate Barron Um, I've worked with Kate a few times in the past she's a wonderful human being and yeah I don't know why we've not had her on before there's a few guests you kind of go yeah we should have had you on already but you know we've got her on now and she's absolutely wonderful we we talk about all manner of things she's one of the easiest people I find to talk to I think it's when I first met her at a gig, we just hit it off straight away, and it's it's so nice when that happens. When you feel like you've just known someone, you just click with people. It's so nice, isn't it? and it makes for such a wonderful um, interview. You'll hear that in, in a minute coming up. So um, you know what? Prattling on, let's get on with it, shall we? Coming up in a minute is Kate Barron. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. How you been, Kate? You good? Yeah, I'm good. It was so funny because Gina set this up and she's like, you know Richard. I'm like, I don't know Richard. And then she's like, you you know him. And I'm like, no, I don't. And I'm like, oh, Rich? Yeah, I'm not Rich. Like, yeah. Not, not, I'm not, you're not some formal prince that I have to address as Richard. So I was like, <laughs> who, who are you talking about? Only my mom calls me Richard. <laughs> so it is so funny that when somebody, that's like when girls date guys, I feel like if they date a guy named like Chris and they, I don't know, it's like this weird mothery thing. I think a lot of women do where they go, this is my boyfriend, Christopher. And you're like, shut up. His fucking name is Chris. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Chill out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a few people that, um, yeah, they call me Richard ironically. And it's, it's yeah. And it's quite funny when they do it. It's quite very, well, Richard. And you go, all right, okay. I'll let you yeah. get away with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but it's not, yeah. So it's funny, isn't it? Because you just know, yeah, I'm just rich. It's funny, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad you're good. I'm glad you're well. Are you yeah. going to Fringe again? Are you going to Fringe? Fuck no. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely not. And the thing I think is so funny, people were asking me in September, they're like, oh, you had a great run. Are you going to go? And I was just like, did I have a great run? I was like a, a mess after Fringe. And it was so, it was just a lot. And I felt yeah. like I'd just been through the worst divorce in my life. And people are like, are you going to go get remarried? And you're like, give me a minute. <laughs> like, it's, it was good and bad. But yeah, I, yeah. Cried, I cried every single day. <laughs> um, it financially and emotionally broke me. Um, yep. It was it was hard, and I knew it was hard, but it was harder than I was even prepared for. Everybody said the same thing. Yeah, everyone, and I think there were so many factors involved that were going against everybody, like the train strike, and and I've got I'm I'm with the workers. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not. Yeah, yeah. But that that impacted, and then you had the sh yeah. you had the, the rubbish strike, and then oh, you had God. fewer people were going because fewer people people can afford it, and. Yeah, it was brutal, and we were really lucky. We had somewhere to stay that, and bless us, Laura. She's such a wonderful person. She's like, yeah, just stay here. So we were lucky because yeah. we hadn't had that. Fuck knows what we would have done. It was well, crazy. 
I stayed in like student accommodations, but it was like a 35 minute walk from my venue out into Newtown and down. And so I'm like, it'd be two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning. I'm walking 35 minutes home through like a wooded wow. area by myself. And I'm like, this is probably not a great idea. Plus just like, yeah, it was a lot. It was just like a marathon. And it was my first fringe ever. Like I'd never done a full fringe. This was my debut. And I think a lot yeah. of people we're trying to go, this is how it's going to be, or this is how it's going to be. And then of course I had, like, I did work with PR and stuff and I had a promoter and there was a lot of promises made. And oh, I yeah. just feel like you just really saw who some people were. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's so intense up there that you really see who, who some people are and some, even who some comics are and how they are. And like, they want to be around the cool kids and in the cool areas mm. and they want to be like, all like celebrate everything. They couldn't give a fuck about you. But then I had some really lovely things happen too that I'm like, okay, my faith is a bit more restored. And yeah. like, I was, I was really down after one show and I was feeling just awful. And I was like sitting on the side of, on this, like <laughs> the curb out where I was at the Tron. So it's like, oh yeah. square, And I was sitting on one of the steps there and I was just like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> what is happening? And then Helen Bauer and Harriet Kemsley, who are just lovely and hilarious women yep. walk up and they're like, what's going on? What's happening? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just having a bit of a time. And so then they both just went on their Twitter, went on their Instagram. They were taking pictures of my flyer. They were like, go see Kate Bear. Like just good people yeah. pulling through and just wanting to be nice people and really shout you out. And yeah, just good people who I'm like, okay, you are the kind of people that I want to be near. And then there's other people where you're like, yeah, it's been kind of hard. They're like, has it? Who? Yeah. <laughs> That's too bad. <laughs> I'm, 20, I'm 22 and my daddy paid for this. So I don't really get what you're saying. I don't know what a job <laughs> is, but like, sounds hard. <laughs> Ooh, anyway, <Ugh>. bye. <laughs> Ew, a poor person. Yuck. I don't want to get that. <laughs> <laughs> it's death. There is, um, yeah, I think definitely up there it feels there's more of a class divide than there is yeah. the rest of the time. But you know, I mean, it's, I think I think things are going to uh, Edinburgh's a different animal that needs that needs completely yeah. revamping. It's a yeah. thing that we all know is fucked and needs needs to change because um, it is. It, no one's making any money apparently, but there's millions and millions of money getting pushed into it. So you go, well, it's going somewhere. Well, like I was so, talking mm. to my boyfriend and he's like, this is a Ponzi scheme. Like this is, <laughs> it is, it's just set up like an old school Ponzi scheme. And like you suckers at the bottom, all the artists and my family in Canada, they're like, wait, 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 you're performing every day for hours for a month and you're going to still lose thousands of pounds. And I'm like, yeah. And it's a yeah. and it's a privilege to do so. And they're like, that doesn't we we cannot compute that. That doesn't make any doesn't sense. Make sense. I'm like, yeah, but it's just how it is. Like you sort of have to do it to be like, I have done it to get the reviews because I'd never been reviewed, I've never been starred before, any of that. And so I was like, I felt like I had to do that. And but you know, I don't know. Who knows what? Oh man. What well, I think is. this is. I think this is the issue across the board with all with all jobs everybody this is why people are striking now because they're just not getting paid a decent wage yeah for a job for the for the work that they're doing they're expected it's getting to the point that employers almost expect people to pay to work it's like you should be you should feel privileged that you're here you know like, yeah pay me properly you piece of shit and then you they know, 
You know, it's bullshit. The whole the thing's bullshit. The most disgusting thing I ever heard. So all through the pandemic, I worked for a charity called Debt Free London. So it's a nonprofit and it does impartial credit, like advising basically for people. If you're in debt, if you're struggling, it's a great, it's a great charity. There's lots of those. So you can call them up and go like, creditors knocking on my door, bailiffs. I don't know what to do. I'm going to be evicted. And they can help you. They can help negotiate. Like, it's great. And while I was working there, I just became a lot more attuned to like what was going on over here as well. And it's, it's so insane that people who are like, I'm a nurse and I work full time and I'm doing 12 hour shifts and I can barely afford to put food on the table. Like, are you fucking for real? That's disgusting yeah. that we cannot pay like our healthcare teams. Oh, we're all clap for them. But then like, fuck them when the actual time comes. And the grossest thing that I heard was BT. So, you know, like BT is a massive organization. Yeah. They set up a food bank in one of their offices for their staff, uh, for their call no. center staff. Yeah, and they're like, oh, and they tried to push it off as though it's like, it's a great thing and allows staff who don't really have enough money, but then it turned on them and they were like, so you're not paying your staff a wage that allows them to eat food and you're trying to act like this is so mm. great. You're allowing other members of staff to bring in pot noodles for them. Like, that's disgusting. Wow. Yeah, wow. is that gross? Yeah, that's just, that's the worst thing I've heard. Why are you working if you can't even afford it? You may as well go on benefits and you may as well do this if you can't get ahead or save or pay for things or like it's it's wild. Yeah, yeah it's really sad. Oh, well, this is we, this I think we talked we've talked about this before on here. The fact that if you if you if you want if you if you're that kind of person that is a great person that wants to be a nurse and take care of people, you should be given every incentive to yeah. to to do that job because not many people can do it you know yeah we all have empathy and we all care but not to the extent like nurses and and doctors and people like that doing but you have to pay to train to be a nurse and then yeah. and then you need to have your wages topped up on by, with universal credit or whatever because you're not earning enough and you get charged to park your car at work and you get and it's like it's fucked that's you know, that should never be happening i completely agree so my sister's a nurse she yeah. told me she has to buy her own pens. The hospitals don't even supply the pens at her hospital <laughs> for them. And they have to chart with pens. So they don't even, so they're like, she's like, pens are gold. And like, yeah. if you lose your pen, so you have your own nice pen. I'm like, why are you buying these pens? She's like, well, cause they're my pens. I'm like, what, how it's like when school teachers aren't given like books for the class and things like yeah. I didn't know when I was little, I thought, you know how like you go into like your grade one class or whatever. And there's like decorations and alphabet all around. I assume that like the school obviously did those. Those are all teachers paying to put up decorations mm. and all of that in their classrooms. Oh they yeah. Like empty rooms with nothing. And that the fact that that's just like, that's expected. Like they're already on a shit salary and they're just expected to go above and beyond and do this infuriates me. Like it absolutely oh. infuriates me. But then I know people who are like, fucking coke snorting bankers who are just given everything and more than enough. And they're like, Oh, I have like four phones. Do you want to spare? Cause like, well, I don't, know. I don't need another yeah. one. You're just like, <laughs> what yeah. in the world? There's such a disparity between, between everything now with, especially with the people that are in charge of everything in charge of the money or, you know, the, the, the bosses of everything. They don't use the NHS. They have private health care. Yeah. They don't, they, they they probably get their shopping delivered. They don't even know what, how much a pint of milk is. They have no clue. And so they just assume that because they, people with money always assume you've got money. Yeah. The amount of times I've been out with people 
and everyone's they go, no, well, we will get this, we'll get that, and and you're going, I can't, I, listen, I can't afford that. I, I'm going to have to get my own shit. You can split the bill with you. You know, what do you mean you haven't got any money? You're like, I haven't got any money. You go, but you're working all the time. You go, yeah, but it doesn't work like that. It doesn't come in like that. It's just, it, we're all chasing our fucking tails at the minute. That whole you know? splitting the bill thing is like, it kills me because also I don't really drink that much anymore. And so if I go out, like I was out, you know, on a holiday actually recently with some friends and they wanted, they insisted on going to this really, really nice restaurant. I think it was like in the Ritz Carlton, this restaurant. And I was like, fuck, wow. already like, fuck me. And so we're there and then I'm like not really drinking. I'm not even that hungry. So I'm just going to get like an appetizer or something. And then my, you know, a couple of the friends who I love them, they're ordering like martini, martini, mar like yeah. they're ordering 20 pound martinis basically, you know, and one after another. And they're like, should we all just like divide it up? I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, I'm really sorry, but like, I just, I cannot. And then they're like, ugh, I hate talking about money. And I'm like, of course you do. Cause you have it. Yeah. Like I have to be realistic about money, but they're like, I hate talking about money. I'll just, and they're like, fine, I'll just pay for everything. And then I'm like, I don't, I don't need you to pay for me. I just need to not pay for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> this, oh God, this happened. Some, I once went to a birthday party at Soho House and this prick of a fucking guy, I hate him so much. He wears like a little like ascot and like thinks he's, like I'm convinced he's a scammer because I've only ever seen him in one outfit. It's like a very nice outfit with like Dolce and Gabbana and stuff. But I'm like, I've only ever seen him in that one outfit in uh, all the times I've ever yeah. seen him. So I'm convinced he's a scammer. We went to Soho House for a birthday party. And he's like, oh, what are you guys drinking? And I was like, I don't know, just some like shitty buy the glass glass of wine. And he's like, let me try it. Taste it. And he goes, ugh, that tastes like dog food. And then he goes, I'm going to order wine for the table. Orders wine for the table. Orders wants of tequila shots for the table. Orders all this stuff. And then at the end, he goes, okay, so we're all splitting. And I was like, what? Right. I was fine with my dog food wine. I'm yeah. okay with that. Like, <laughs> I grew up eating dog food. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and, it's, and when you call people on their bullshit, then you're made to feel like you're the asshole all the yeah. time. You're like, no, I just, I don't, the reason, I already said I can't afford to come here. I already said that. I already feel bad that I've already had to say that. But I'm here because I don't want to be a dick. But I'm like, I'm here and I will, I'm just going to have to pay my way. I, you know, when I've got money, I will, you know, I'll, I'll pay for something later on, but I can't pay for this. Yeah. And nor should you expect me to while you've been doing 20 pound shots or whatever you've been doing, you know. But that just shows a complete lack of, like it's almost like emotional intelligence or social awareness, right? That they yeah. they have they have they're so oblivious to that. Some people, but I love my favorite thing now. I used to, like I don't like confrontation, but I really like sort of soft confrontation and like calling people mm. out. So if like it's like if somebody makes a really fucked up or like racist joke or whatever, or like a really like misogynistic joke, I'm like I don't get it. I'm like why? What? Sorry, what is the joke? And then they have to explain it. And they go, oh, it's funny because this group of people are dumb. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. Mm. And then they make it, explain it slowly. And then you actually, they hear what a fucking asshole they are. <laughs> and then you go, oh, and you just play dumb, playing dumb and making people repeat themselves or explain themselves is the most beautiful, passive aggressive way to be confrontational, I think. <laughs> I think so. Just playing dumb. It's the best. <laughs> just quietly calling them on their bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and making them look like an absolute fucking prick to everyone else because everyone goes, ooh. Or <laughs> so I good. get. I get um, I get taken to one side, or I'm I'll be somewhere, and someone 
will tell me a joke that you know and and you kind of go oh man just yeah yeah they go i know you see i know yeah but you have to realize why that's not funny now you have to remember yeah, yeah they go yeah but when we were kids and yeah when we were kids we didn't know any better yeah you like, know a lot grown-ups were teaching us yeah the ground the grown-ups we grew up with a lot of them you know they thought that was fine so they we thought it was fine because the t the grown-ups were telling us it was fine but now we're the grown-ups and now we have to be making the changes and go ah yeah no you can't you can't you, say that anymore come on because you're like i feel like well you're sort of this interesting guy because i think you're so in tune with things and so aware of things but you're also like a blokey bloke kind of guy and yeah. so do you think people pull you aside a lot or do you think people do that or like ah oh, rich will get it like he gets it he's not one of those fucking woke people and he can <laughs> i can talk to him like this do you think people assume that of you not really do you know i get the other way i get i get people confided in me because they they get it as well but they mm. feel because they because of the maybe their their friend their group of friends or their family or or whatever so they can't, they feel, yeah, they can't be, they can't be showing people that they're progressive at home or amongst their friends still because they'd be seen as weak, but they confide in me and they go, yeah, I totally get it. I was just, I get messages all the time from, from blokes just going, yeah, I, this is your podcast, man. I think it's brilliant. And, you know, and it's, and it's, it, it, it's, yeah, I get the opposite that people confide in me about being more aware and you do you, you know i still get it wrong i still get people of course you know, they go like my sons are really good at that like they'll they'll we'll be having conversations and and, I, and i'll say something and they go oh yeah but dad blah 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 and i go oh yeah sorry it's just because it's been in my it's been yeah. in my brain for yeah. 45 years so you know you have to excuse me lads <laughs> no but i think that's one that makes me oh god it's just heartbreaking that like guys feel like they can't just be more sensitive or be more like liberal or woke or whatever the fucking term is. I hate the term woke, but like they just can't be like that. But the whole thing about being called out and being aware of it, that's totally fine. I think yeah. where people get their backs up. Right. And this is like my mom and I struggle with this because she like, I, I try to push her and I know how to push her button. So I really try to push it on her to make her sort of be more self-critical and, and flex her critical thinking skills. And I'll, I'll push her a lot. But the thing is, you can say something racist and not be a racist, right? And I mm. think that's the thing. I think people, if they get called out going, oh, you said that, that's actually really like inflammatory. That's really hurtful. That's pretty racist. And I'll explain to you why. And they go, oh, I'm not a racist. No, yeah. I'm not saying you are. I'm not saying you as a person. I'm not making some huge judgment on who you are as a person. I'm saying the thing you just said. And you said it probably because you grew up hearing it and you grew up with it being put in you and you grew up with all these things. So it's sort of just like, no better, do better, you know? And just yeah. as you say it, go, cool, hands up. I, I did say that. That was shitty. I get why that was shitty now. And I will not say that in the future. And that's all that needs to be done, I think. But people freak out and they go, I'm yeah. not this or I'm not that because they just think like if they say one misstep and I think it is really easy to misstep now. And with, there's a lot of things change right now and vocabulary and more understanding of things. Like even like it wasn't that long ago that I learned even the idea of like a lot of my friends are real estate agents and they always refer to it as the master bedroom. And they were like, do you know that's rooted in slavery? And I was like, Holy fuck, I did not know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's called the primary bedroom or the owner's suite, usually. And I was like, shit, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. But it's like, you just don't know. 
and you're not doing it intentionally, but then no, like, no, no. But just learn from it and don't be a complete fucking dickhead when someone tries to educate you and go, actually, this is how it is. And you go, oh shit, okay. I didn't know yeah. that. I think this is, there's that as well. There's the people are getting fed up with being, they feel like they're being, they're having a, people having a go at them all the time. Yeah. So I think there's a way, like you said earlier, there's a way of talking to people where, you know, because you're not, I'm not, when, you, when you're when you talking to someone or you're correcting them or you're saying, hey, actually, we don't, we can't say, we don't say that anymore. You're not being a dick, but there's a way of doing it where that person doesn't, you don't make that feel, person feel like they're yeah. beneath you. You know, you can do it in a way that's, you know, pretty chilled and, you know, you're not, you're not preaching or having a go at someone. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of people now. They feel like they're just being had to go at all the time. So now they're just pushing against you, going, oh, well, fuck you, you, you woke piece of shit. Oh, don't fucking tell me off. Then you can go fuck yourself. And there's a resistance there as well. And that's, yeah. you know, that becomes an issue. I think but, it is how you approach somebody. Like, I think yeah. you have to give somebody, it's like if you're in a fight, like you're married, you know, you know what it's like to fight with your partner. Um, if you're in a fight with your partner, you should come at it from the point of view of they're not intentionally trying to hurt you. This person loves you and cares about you. And maybe it's a misunderstanding, but they're not intentionally coming from a bad place. And I think you should, if you're trying to explain something or like correct somebody's behavior, you should try to come at it from a point of view of like, maybe they just don't know better. So I'm not going to go in on them. Mm. I'm just going to be like, I totally get, I, you probably aren't aware how this comes across when you say that. So just so you are, I, cause I, if it was me, I would want it pointed out to me and kind of like a, that kind of like, if mm. I had spinach in my teeth, I'd rather you tell me to my <laughs> face, that kind yeah. of thing. And just be a little bit, have a little bit more grace with people. Cause it is about how you approach someone. If you go, that was fucking racist. I fucking, you're a piece of shit. And you go, well then fuck you. Cause you're just attacking me right away. Also, I've sworn a lot on this podcast. Is that? That's no, good. No, that's no, fine. <laughs> that's the thing. You can swear your head off. It's one of those things we can talk about these things. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, and mental health is, is an important conversation to have, but it doesn't have to be stiff and starchy. Yeah. It's like, it's like two people sitting in a pub or a cafe or whatever being themselves. There is yeah. this, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, an assumption that if you talk about these things, you have to be sat in a suit and tie and, you know, they go, well, the thing is with mental health, and they go, no, you're a piece of shit. Stop being a piece of shit. And then you'll feel better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. I just, yeah, I'm not one. Well, you know me, like I'm not one for yeah. being, uh, I'm not like on all the time. Or I don't have some like curated no. personality for different people. I sort of like, I am who I am. Um, better or worse, I guess. We'll see. No, I, was, I said that the other day. Actually, there's not. I'm not. A, I'm not different at doing this, or I'm not different on stage than I am in real life. I'm just kind of. I'll just be going along in my life, and then someone hands me a microphone, and then I do that for twenty minutes, and then I just carry on <laughs> doing what I'm doing. And it's no I real. Think, I am a bit different on stage. I would say I'm a more exaggerated, amped up version of myself on stage, but only mm. because being. Like, I think, but I think a lot of comedians are really, they're great at critical thinking and they're great yeah. at seeing both sides. And we, we're just, we observe people and we have a lot of like people in our lives from, or we meet audience members who are from different backgrounds and all that kind of thing. So I think we actually think about things a lot more and bo both sides of like, you know, both points of view of the same. Yeah, topic. yeah, yeah. So yeah. you could go like, well, this makes sense, but this also makes sense. But when you're on stage, you're going... Well, it could be this or it could be this. That's not funny. So you got to go, it's this, fuck you. This is yeah. what it is. And because that's funnier to take a hard line on it, right? And oh, yeah.
But but that's the only thing I'd say I'm pretty. I I like seem very hard line on things and like more aggressive. But sometimes my my boyfriend's off screen. He says like he doesn't recognize who I am on stage all the oh, time wow. because I'm I'm like a softer like kinder maybe version of myself off stage i'm still me and it's still all my opinions and i back anything i say and everything but it's not as much of like i do genuinely think that you are just like they hand you a microphone and you're like just keep talking and keep going <laughs> i think that's it it's just yeah it's funny i was talking to tom state the other day and i've known tom years and we were talking about that very thing about comedians shouldn't really take a side we should kind of be looking at the whole thing yeah the whole thing human human beings and human nature as a whole and picking that apart and going well that's a bit that's fucked and that's fucked on all the sides you know all the arguments we should be standing back and going yeah i totally get yeah. where you're coming from i get where you're coming from but i shouldn't really be siding with everyone anyone you should be just finding the funny as long as no one's getting hurt you know you know like you're not yeah. punching down but as long as and we were just talking about that, going, yeah, you should just be looking. We should be observers because that's what we are. Like you said, we're observers. We observe it all, and then we and then we comment on it. Yeah, that's know? sort of like what I think. Like what, like Bill Burr. I'm a big Bill Burr fan, and what Bill Burr mm. does really well, he he'll say really something like big and inflammatory of like a hard line of like, this is why women are awful, and then he goes into like a whole blah 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 like yeah. thing about it, and he's very good at at doing that and kind of examining it as a whole um no yeah if i met tom state for the first time in edinburgh and he came in with jojo sutherland into some gig oh yeah and jojo was hosting and they had had a few drinks and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and i'd never met him before and i went up and gigged and he kept being like you are the real fucking deal you are the real fucking deal i really like that but i'd never met him i've only heard like loads of stories but he's uh yeah he's a fucking funny guy he's one of those people yeah he's a he's a yeah, he just walks his own path and he's kind of, look, yeah. you know, this is this is how I feel about this today. I might feel different about that tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know. Just see how I'm just, that's where I'm at today. You know, I just want to make people laugh and just do, I want to be, I want to be able to do it. That's all I want to do. And he doesn't, he has, there's no malice in him. And I think that's the thing. Sometimes people look at comedians and they'll go, oh, well, he said this. So he, that back to what you said. They go, oh, he said, not necessarily Tom, but other comics. Oh, he said that. So he's clearly a misogynist, sexist piece of shit. Yeah. You go, no, no, he's making a joke about, like, Bill Burr gets shit all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, you're not listening to what he's actually saying. Yeah. I know. That's a, that you're not listening or you're taking it completely out of context, whatever he's yeah. saying. And, like, you're taking a 30-second clip and it's part of a 20-minute bit that is all about, has it's so nuanced but that is the problem with anything, right? You take it out of context and it looks really fucking bad. But it's just like, yeah, no. I, it's just people not listening or not wanting to hear. You know, that that's the worst. Some people just are, they don't want to hear. And they're just like putting their fingers in their ears and they just go like, I heard enough. I heard as much as I need to. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's it. And that's Done. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I listen. I re-listened to the podcast you did with Esther Menito. And oh, was, yeah. Uh, it was, it's just so good. I One, I think she's really brilliant and I think she's hilarious yeah. and it is just funny and going back to, it's even like when a woman steps on stage, right? And they just kind of go, oh, fuck, I don't want to, it's time yeah. to get a beer and they get up and like, time, <laughs> time to take a piss. All right, we can go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there's still a bit of that and it just, and, and it, but, but, but change is happening. We are making changes. Yeah. It, we, may, we, may not, we might not see the results in, in our lifetime, but, 
the next generation will definitely benefit from what's happening now. And I think that's, that's what we have to remember. Yeah. You know, just because it's, but people expect everything to happen overnight. It's like, you know, yeah, right. This is how it is now. And you go, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. We all need to get our head around it. We can't just change things just like that. And you go right now, now it's this. And he goes, yeah, but it wasn't that yesterday. So can yeah. I have a minute? Yeah. Just to, just, 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 just chill out a little bit. But yeah, I think we're all, I think we're all changing. We're all, we're all, we're, since, since the pandemic, I don't think we've given ourselves enough time to sort of get over. We're still, it's still ongoing, but from the lockdowns, yeah. we haven't really given ourselves time to recover. We're still processing it. And, you know, I mean, you've, 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 you had massive changes in your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and I don't think we've given ourselves enough time to process what's going on. No, I don't think so either. I think there's stuff that we're going to be dealing with for years and mm. like, and how interesting stuff that I've like listened to podcasts about or read about like kids and particularly like how this is going to affect them. Cause there's like the older kids who are, you know, teenagers, young adults, and they sort of got it and it was shitty for them, but they understood it. And then there's like baby babies. They didn't understand and it, they did, it didn't affect them. But then there's like kids in the middle who are younger who couldn't comprehend what was happening. Yeah. And, and also because all the strangers they would meet, um, they were like covered, like recognizing facial cues, facial expressions, emotions, being able to read that is a thing you start developing when you're younger. Mm. So if every time you see a stranger for the first few years of your life, they are like covered like this and you can only see their eyes, you won't be able to recognize and read emotional cues and signals from people. Right, yeah. So it'll actually affect kids socially and emotionally a lot different in ways that we haven't even seen yet. And it'll, it's fucking with kids development. And I think from all of that, but from the mental health point of view and like, uh, yeah, I did go through a load, a load of changes when I was in lockdown mm. because I was really unhappy when we went into lockdown. And, right. but I think a lot of people, they kind of went one way or the other. Some people went off the deep end and went like, what is this even for? And some mm. people did what I did, <clears throat> but there's no right or wrong, but it's just like, I don't think we've all sort of been able to step back because now we've opened up. We're not in lockdown. So everyone's like, okay, go, 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 go. We got to get yeah. back to living. We got to get back to life. Like every, when's the last time you were on a comedy show that wasn't packed lately? All the clubs, yeah, are, true. They're, they're packed out since lockdown. People are just like, we got to go out. We got to party. We got to go see. We have to experience things as long as we can, as much as we can, in case this happens again to us. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's like. true. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you like you said, there's, I mean, there was, there, I think, one of the good things from the lockdowns is it gave us all a moment to kind of, especially us because we travel around all the time. I think it gave us a moment to kind of, we were sort of, we were sort of appraising what the life that we had. We kind of go, actually, it's not too bad, you know, running around doing the gigs. And I was complaining that I was at another train station at three o'clock in the morning, but you know, I miss that now. And, and I think it made me kind of appreciate it a bit more. Yeah, and appreciate other things, but yeah, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. It really affected them, and I think they were, and it was they were lashing out in different ways. I remember the the there was an argument kicking off about Jamila Jamil as she was talking about body positivity, and then people were going, "Yeah, but what does she know? She's too stone." And you're going, "Yeah, but that's not what she's saying. She's talking about. It doesn't matter how big or small you are." It's, yeah. it's you know it's about how you feel and and we shouldn't be it doesn't matter if you're two stone or 20 stone you should be you shouldn't be you should just be be able to feel happy with who you are and i don't know it was a weird conversation that was happening 
And I, yeah. yeah, and I'm like, all right, everyone chill out. But I don't know, it's it's a funny one. Because I want to lose a bit of weight. Mm-hmm. But because I want to lose, I'm uncomfortable. I don't yeah. feel, none of my clothes fit. I feel shit. Even though people say, me, go, oh, you know, you're a handsome dude. You're this, you're that. You go, I don't feel that. I feel like a piece of shit. So I'm all for body positivity, but I don't feel positive about mine. So I want to change it. And well, I think-, I think the whole thing with body positivity and the thing that, like my thing that I can't sort of get my head around, I think body positivity, I think the terminology, I don't know, maybe that's what I have a hang up on. Cause mm-hmm. I think it's saying you should be positive and happy all the time with your body that you have, which like who the fuck is happy all the time yeah. with anything, let alone their own body. Right. So that my whole thing that I really like the idea around and the whole concept around body neutrality. So it's like, you don't need to love yourself all the time, but even if you're big or small or whatever, you should just be allowed to exist without fucking hating yourself or other yeah. people hating you publicly and to your face. Like just, just have the right to exist. It doesn't need to be, people don't need to love you. They don't need to hate you. Just, just live. And that's all. And I think that's what I can relate to more. Just having the right to be, because like the moment, you know, I shied away from doing comedy for years and years. Cause I was like, who's going to want to hear this fat bitch go up on stage and talk shit and whatever. And no one's going to, everyone's just going to be making fun of me and whatever. So I didn't do comedy for years because I was really? so like self-conscious of how people would look at me and like, why would anyone want to pay attention to me at the front of the room? Because people, the moment you get up in front of people or like you see even somebody who's like bigger goes on TV and does something, they go, Oh, they're promoting obesity. They're promoting unhealthy lifestyle. They're just fucking being, they're not promoting anything. They're just being there. Like just let them fucking live. I think so body positivity. I think, it's really complicated. Like I get it and I want to be potty positive. I think there are people of all shapes and sizes who are healthy and happy and love their bodies and good for you. And I love that for you. When I talk and like, I talk about this in my, my show, my solo show that I did. It's just, it's more, it's about me and my experiences. And like, you're saying that people are going, Mm. well, Rich, you're a handsome guy. You're cool. You're, you're very stylish, all this stuff. But you're like, but I don't feel great about myself. And that's what's more important. You got to feel it's about you. It's not about anyone else. So I went through a lot of changes and I did a lot of stuff that I talk about in my show, but it was all for me. And I'm not trying to preach that it's right for anyone else. Mm. For me, it was because I was at a place where I fucking hated myself. And I was like, really ready to not be here instead of living that life more. Oh, mate. Just, yeah, and it's, yeah. and people don't understand that. They don't get it. And, yeah. and I, you know, you know, we've, we've worked together before and, you know, I didn't think there was an issue. I didn't think, I thought you yeah. were fine. You were great. You were like, yeah, but you don't know what's going on underneath. Yeah. No one, no one knew there was an issue. I had close friends that go, I didn't even know this was a thing for you. I'm like, yeah, because I would just go home at night and cry by myself about it and talk about how much mm. I think about how much I hated my life and like all this stuff. And I would just put on this front. So it's even harder because you're acting like everything's fine all the time and you're totally fine. Yeah. But like, yeah, it was, it got really, really fucking really? hard. But I, I saw this thing the other day that just said, assume everyone you're going to have a conversation with today is grieving in some way or another. And that's how you should go into that conversation with them. And I was like, that's, that's fucking true. Cause you just, you just don't know like what somebody's going through. You really don't know what people are fucking going through and people, even your best friends who you think are telling you everything. They, you just don't fucking know. No. And I think it's that, that comes up a lot on here is that (laughs) a lot of people say, Oh, you know, reach out. You should tell someone how you're feeling, but 
It's not as easy as that. No. It's just, it, you never know when the right time is. There's a, there's a, you're always going, oh yeah, but they got shit going on. They don't want to hear this. So there's a way that we can all help each other by just, I know I try and do it and I'm not, I'm, and I fuck it up. I get it wrong all the time. Yeah. But, you know, I'll say to someone, you know, like, so how you doing? You good? And they'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, are you, are you yeah, all good? Because it's, it's a bit fucked in it at the minute. Everything's a bit fucked. I'm skint yeah. and I'm, I find it a bit hard. And then that way they kind of go, yeah, do you know what? I'm actually, yeah, I've just, I've had a bit of a, it's a bit shit indoors at the moment or whatever. And there's a way of doing it that help, you help someone kind of bring it out of them. And, yeah. you know, and it, this, I get it wrong because sometimes I'll go, you sure? And I go, yeah, I am. Stop going on about it. I go, all right, yeah, I'll get, sorry. Yeah. You know. Because people need to come to terms with it themselves too. And you want to have a space where people can talk about it. But sometimes, like for me, Talking about my weight out loud no. and talking about how unhappy I was was something I couldn't even do. Like, no. I, I couldn't even do it because then it's almost like, you know, when you say something aloud, it makes it real. And it's like almost like you're pretending, I don't know, it's like to the outside world, like it doesn't exist. So I've had people be like, yeah, you, you're okay and everything. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm great. Like, everything's yeah. good. Because I couldn't even have those conversations with myself. And like even doing material on stage about weight or anything, I never did when I was bigger. I could never bring myself to do it when I was bigger. But obviously everyone could see like the elephant in the room was literally me. And I, <laughs> and I, I couldn't do it because that's so confronting to yeah. bring it up if you, you yourself haven't processed it. And I yeah. get why people just go, yeah, I'm good. Because to even get into like the why you're not good is so deep. And so hard, and you haven't even realized it yourself or processed your own stuff. So that's why I'm just like therapy, therapy, therapy. Yeah, <laughs> just the fucking. I, but it's really expensive, and it's really hard mm. for people to access. And it's I'm really lucky I was able to afford it because I had a full time job during lockdown, and so that's when I started therapy. Um, mm. But it's really fucking expensive, and. Yeah, yeah, those resources should be made more available to more people. And unfortunately, yeah. they're not because they're, for me anyway, it was very, very helpful. Well, that's what it goes back to what we said before. The people in charge of the money aren't investing in, no. they're not investing in us. And we're, but we're supposed to be paying our taxes and we're supposed to be paying all these things. And, and we were getting, we're getting squeezed again while the fucking pigs around the trough at the top just, just, they don't even turn around and look at us and go, yeah, more money, more money as they just keep eating and having a good time. It's like, you're f investing us. And then you'll have a, they worry about staying in power now. It's all that's all they care about. The different parties like power, power, power. And like, if you treated us with respect and gave us a, a, the ability to have a decent life, you'd get the power. We'd vote for you. We'd yeah. go, yeah. They've invested all this money in the NHS. They've invested all the money in the people. Everyone's getting a decent wage, but they cannot bring themselves to do it. And you just, you know, it's just like just do that, and you'll we will vote for you forever. Well, and it's just people who are happier, healthier, more supported, have better incomes, push more money into the economy, build it yeah. stronger. They're more productive. Like it'll make the country better. Yeah. Help every, do you know what I mean? It really does work like that. Like if you want to see an example of how that doesn't work is look at America it doesn't invest in their country at all. And they're like a yeah. fucking laughing stock to the rest of the world. They have like, the worst education, healthcare, all of this shit, because like, they're not investing in their people at all. And they're just falling everywhere in like how they're ranked in the world because 
Yeah. They're just fucking losers, right? I, I just, America is to me, I always used to be like, oh, I want to live there. I want to live there. I want to live in New York. I want that like American dream glam life because we're Canadian. So we're like, same, same, but not. And we're so close, yeah. but not quite. And I always wanted it. And now I'm just like, man, America is the girl who peaked in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, she's the one who we all, when we were younger, like, oh, my God, she's amazing. And then after high school, she's like fucking pregnant, deadbeat. And you're like, ugh. I don't yeah, she's she still. Like, all that cracked up. She's still in the hometown, you know, working at the off-license, doing whatever. Like, you know, not to say She goes to the same bar that we always used to go to. Exactly. She's, she's just still hanging out. past there. And she's like, life is yeah. good. Remember the good old days? And you're like, no, girl, we moved on. <laughs> No, I've seen more yeah. now. I know. I know more. That's why I'm like. That's why everyone needs to travel as much or as often as whenever they can, just to like, yeah, get outside yourself and get outside your little bubble and just experience things. However, you have to do it. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Get out there and have a look around. And I think going back to what we said about weight loss and things like that, I think there's an assumption that you get to a point where people go, oh, "I just can't. I can't do it. I'm I'm this age now." There's yeah. no point. Are you, there's that thing they go, oh, once you get to 50, it's harder to get it off. And then you go like, well, no, it's not. You're, yeah, your metabolism might be a bit slower, but not, you can still do it. It doesn't matter. There's, you can, it doesn't matter how big you get or whatever. You can still do something about it. And it's, I know that's easier said than done. And I'd yeah. say that as someone who's now in the process of change, changing things. Yeah. But for years, it wasn't that. For years, I was like, this is it. I can't, I can't do anything about it. You know, and that's the thing is that it's, I don't know where, I don't know where I found the, 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 the kind of the power to kind of go enough is enough. I'm fucking changing this. Yeah. Well, good for I you for doing that. Like good for you for having that kind of like awakening that you want to change. Yes. Is it harder to lose weight and make lifestyle changes as you get older? Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Um, but is it impossible? No, it's not. And like, it's just something you need to do for yourself. It took me a long fucking time to finally go because you just think you're so far down this path. Yes. You can't even see a light. And in my show, I talk about, I sort of, because I feel like people who've never struggled with weight don't, they can't always comprehend how helpless you feel and how you go, yeah. I'm so far gone. Nothing's going to do it. And I, I joke in my show how people are like, well, just, you know, just do a little simple, cut out some calories or, or bring like a yogurt to lunch. I'm like, fuck off. And I try to compare it to like, if you were half a million pounds in debt and mm. somebody was like, well, just, just pack your lunch for work. That'll get you going on your savings. And you go, motherfucker, I'm half a million pounds in debt. What the fuck? That's not going to make a dent yeah. in that. But then if someone comes up to you and they go, I can like, you know, that's for me. Cause I had weight loss surgery. Right. So for me, that surgery was like someone coming up to me and giving me like 300, 400 grand of that yeah. debt and going, I'll give you a chunk, but you have to do the rest. And I go, okay, yeah, now right. I can fucking see a light at the end of the tunnel. Now this doesn't feel so impossible. But if you, know, you feel like you just go, where can I even go from here? If you are so far in debt or so far gone or something, you know, addicts experience it a lot. Like it's just, you feel like there's no turning back and that's, you feel really helpless. And like, I don't know, have you seen the new Brendan Fraser movie, The Whale? Not yet, but not, but I know of it, yeah. <sighs> that was hard to fuck. I'm still processing mm. it. It was really, really fucking hard to watch because you could just see he was like trapped in this prison of his own making. Yeah. But like you just, 
like I felt everything because I related to it so much. And I just, re- I related to him so much of like, I'm, I'm disgusted. I feel so much empathy. I'm heartbroken for him. I want to push him and like scream at him to fucking come out of it. But then I'm also like, you did this to yourself. You deserve everything you got. And that's how I would talk mm. to myself. Right. And yeah. I think that's the other thing. A lot of people who struggle with weight were told constantly by people in the outside world this is your fault. This is your fault. You're a disappointment. You're a letdown. Yeah. All of this is your fault. So you go, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. And then you just go, well, I guess I'm a piece of shit. So what's the fucking point? Yeah, that's exactly it. And it, it just, you get to the point, you go, fuck it. I'm just going to, the only joy you get is from, you, you, you know, you, you'll have a pizza and you'll just sit there and you'd, you'd have that brief moment of, oh, I feel better now. But then you yeah. feel like shit again because you've had the pizza. And you're like, I just, I said yesterday I wasn't going to have pizza again. And now I'm having pizza again. And now I just feel shit. And there's that horrible cycle, yeah. which is really hard to break. It's yeah, really hard. Yeah. yeah. And well, and food is something that's a part of our everyday life, right? You can, you can quit out smoking and go, I'm never going to have a cigarette again. But what if someone had told you, oh, well, you actually have to have one cigarette three times a day, but then don't get addicted to it. Or like we have to eat meals a few times a day. It's part of your life. So you have to learn to do it. And I think the biggest thing in like, it just have to rewire your brain into thinking about how you think about food. And like, if you want to go and have a pizza or have something or indulge in something, I think you can do that. It's like, throwing out a car because you get a flat tire you can have an off day one thing can happen it doesn't mean everything needs to go in the bin right it doesn't mean you need to throw away all your progress you don't need to just go well fuck it i'm done i obviously failed at this no tomorrow's a new day like fresh start whatever you have one meal that's like and i really am a big believer there's no like bad food and good food or anything like that like you just have to you just have to like make choices and you keep making choices every day and going, I'm going to try again tomorrow. I'm going to try again for this next meal. I'm going to try. And, and you just kind of keep going and doing that stuff. But like, you just have to reframe everything. Like I genuinely thought for years in my life, that exercise was purely punishment for the food you eat because that's (laughs) how, that's how fitness professionals treat it. Like, yeah, work off that donut, work off that thing, work off that disgusting food you indulged in, you piece of shit. Like that, yeah. <laughs> that's how they talk about it, right? Whereas yeah. like, in reality, exercise is really great for your mental health, for endorphins. It's really great for your heart health. It's great for a lot of things that aren't related to weight loss at all. Just metabolic health, yeah. like cardiovascular health, all of those things. And it's really good to get outside. And I'm not talking like go to a fucking high intensity hit class or something. I'm talking like put on your shoes and go for a walk around the park. Even if it's yeah. 20 minutes in the morning, just start your day, grab your coffee. And instead of sitting at your table and drinking it, do a lap around your neighborhood and come back. And that'll automatically get you feeling better. You have some fresh air in you, all that kind of stuff. And I genuinely thought exercise was just punishment for food you ate. So if you starved yourself of those foods, you would not need to exercise. But now I have this complete different thing where I'm like, I remember playing tennis when I grew up. I remember loving tennis when I grew up. So I started playing tennis again. And I, instead of like investing in like a personal trainer, I was like, let me get a tennis coach. And once a week we'll do a two hour session where I'm like, I'm sweating and being active, but I love it. And I'm not running on a treadmill, looking at a wall or someone's fucking ass in front of me. Like I'm 
playing tennis, I'm outside, I'm having fun, I'm playing like a sport that I really like. So it's like also find something that works for you and it helps your mental health. If you like football, find a football team of a bunch of other fucking fat old men to play with and you guys can all have fun and kick a ball around. <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, Yeah. just find something that you're gonna really enjoy doing that you're gonna go, I wanna go back next week and I wanna go do that again. And it doesn't, exercise doesn't have to look the same for everyone. And like walking alone is the most incredible thing. And I think- I just had to retrain my whole my whole mind. But again, it was like, I felt so hopeless. I just thought, what's the point of anything? And I got to the point where I was, I gained so much weight and I gained even more weight during lockdown and no one really mm. had seen me. I was at my heaviest that I remember like standing in the kitchen, like making food. And I was like, why does my back hurt so much? Just from standing. Just because yeah. I was carrying so much weight that like my back would hurt just from standing. I'm like, fuck wow. me. Like I'm in my thirties and like I need to change this. If not now, it's only going to get harder as you get older. There's never mm, going to be a yeah. better time to make a change than right now. So you just have to fucking dive in. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you, you've hit so many nails on the head with what you've just said. It's like I play football on Tuesdays, not all the time, but as much as often as I can with other comics, and it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, none of us, we're all right. We're not, we, no one's picking us to play, you know, in the, in the FA Cup, but we, we get by and we have a good time. None of us, are, we, we just have a really good, it's the, the whole thing. Because there's been a few people have come down and they've taken it too seriously. Yeah. And we've had to say to them, look, it's not really what we're about. It's more just a friendly kickabout. So anything like that, go and do that. But the walk as well, I love doing that. And do you know what I love? I love going for a walk in the rain. Because mm. it makes me feel like I've actually done... It, it feels like harder. It's like, yeah! I've yeah. Done, yeah, like a tough mother, but I've just been... Tough mother, but I've just been for a walk in the rain for 20 minutes. <laughs> but, yeah, totally. You know? I heard I heard this thing where somebody said like, their trick at the gym or walking or whatever is like, choose... If you're at the gym and you're on something like a treadmill or whatever, choose a TV show that you yeah. only watch at the gym when you're on the treadmill. So you're only allowed to watch that show if you're there. Or like, so I have podcasts that I really love listening to and I listen to them when I walk. So I only listen to them like yours when I walk. So it's like yeah. you, get, you get to walk around and then that's your, your reward. You're really enjoying this thing and you go for the walk as long as the podcast goes for. And it just makes it go by so quickly and you just go and wander and explore. And like, it is genuinely so good. But yeah, and don't, don't think you need to go, okay, I need to go get all the gym kit. I need to go get all my stuff. I need yeah. to go get a membership because that's cost prohibitive and everything. Plus, like, the shitty thing is that I think a lot of people don't understand. They go, just go work out. Okay, okay. Most gyms are not welcoming to fat people. That's a fact. No. Right? Not at all. They yeah. just aren't. And, and you talk to individual people who go, yeah, I'd see that. But yeah, you'd also probably, people will take videos of fat people in gyms and make fun of them for working out. Like they're in the fucking gym, mate. Like what more mm. do you want from them? Most workout companies, most, most like when I was growing up, most, like a Lululemon, those types of places, right? The, the founder, Chip Wilson, has like famously talked about how he didn't want, doesn't want fat women wearing his clothes. Most mm. workout companies and athletic clothing brand companies, they don't make workout wear in bigger yeah. sizes right sweaty it's betty just... they don't make it in bigger sizes so and they were not welcomed at gyms a lot of machines people don't get have weight limits on it and are not suited or would fit somebody of a larger body as well so how the fuck then do you think i'm just supposed to go and suck it up and work out with all these people who are like shredded and in their cute little yeah. gym outfits 
when I'm got like fucking pajama bottoms, a baggy t-shirt, <laughs> old trainers, like, yeah. you know, and at this like gym that I can barely afford and like trying to go into one of these classes where I can't keep up with anyone or I can barely fit into the machines. How is that going to make me feel any sort of way? And like yeah. people just, I don't think people get, it's just not as easy as you think it is. It's like, no. it's just not that simple. It's especially when you're younger as well. You're more aware. You're more worried about what people think you, of mm. you. It's a bit. I'm I'm really lucky now. I'm in my fifties. I don't worry about it as much. I I I want to change things for me. I don't like what I see, and yeah. so that I see my my reflection in a shop window or a car window. And I'm like the fuck it. Oh, come on, man. That and that's me. But when you're younger, especially when you go to somewhere like the gym. You think every you don't realise that no one gives a fuck. No one's actually looking at you. No one. Yeah. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. But there might be the odd look. But it really, people are in their own thing. But you don't think that you think you walk in there in your pajamas, in your big shirt, and you think you think the whole place just goes, look at the fucking state of that. And you and it immediately put off, and then you can't work the machines, you know, you or you're not you're not putting on as much as many weights as the other people, and you feel like and it's it's so hard to get through that, yeah. And like so many people make that one step, turn around and never go again, yeah. That's why it's going. That's why you don't need to go to the gym. Personal trainers will tell you that proper decent personal trainers will tell you you don't need to go to the gym you yeah. just need to do what you said go for that walk around the park little changes like don't put sugar in your coffee you know just things like little changes you know if you're having i've said this so many times if you're having a bowl of soup and you have a sandwich with your soup just have one sandwich and yeah. then and half a sandwich and just change it really slow it'll take yeah. a while but those little changes will make so much difference in the long run and yeah. that's all you need to do I think one of the bigger things too is like people who are often going to the field of like nutrition, health, personal trainers, everything. Those are people who have grown up naturally thin, right? They have genetics yeah. that make them naturally thin and they go, this is what I do to keep this body. Okay. Well, everyone in your family is thin and fit all the genetics. Everyone in my family is overweight. Every single person I grew up overweight. Everyone is overweight. Genetics play a huge role in yeah. weight. And I'm not saying you can't do things that can alter that. But I genuinely don't think, like, I'd have to starve myself to get really small, right? I don't think, yeah. like, I, I sort of do think that some bodies are just meant to be a little bit bigger. I'm not saying obese or overweight or whatever, but it just like, and I think so part of the problem is that like the people you want to take advice from are people who have never dealt with it in their lives. Yeah. They've never been through it, never experienced it. But exactly what you're saying, like small changes in anything make a huge difference. If you have... Yeah. Even if, if you have, are someone who has like a drinking problem and you drink loads and loads and loads, if you cut back to going, okay, well, I drink, you know, a bottle of wine a night, I'll have two glasses of wine a night instead to maybe go down and down and down and down and down. But like, you don't need to go cold turkey to see no. change. And it's really difficult to do that. And like, change is really, really fucking hard. So also yeah. have some forgiveness for yourself. And that not every day is going to be this great triumphant day where you're really proud of yourself and just give yourself a little bit of grace and a little bit of like leeway. And I think we offer that to other people, but we don't give that to ourselves. No, no. And, and also I think the thing is like people want, like people fat shame people a lot. People want to change other people, but it's like, we all know how hard it is to change ourselves. You're never yeah. going to change somebody else. You're never going to no. do it. It's change is a very difficult thing. 
And yeah. you, you have to want to do it for yourself. But yeah, it takes a lot to get there. Oh, it's hard, but but it's it's doable. It doesn't matter what age you are. It's all it's all possible. Yeah, you know. And this, you just and yeah, yeah. It's going to be hard making it. Like I, I, I've now dis- I've now come to the realization that as I, I don't drink at home, but I, I can't when I'm out. If I have one pint, then I'm like, right, I'm going to have more, and and I'm going to drink, and then so now I have to be like, I've only I've only realized this in the last few weeks, and so now when I'm at gigs. I now have to say, no, thank you. I don't want one because I'll do the gig. I'll have a pint and then I'll go out afterwards and then I'll yeah. end up and I'm like, I don't want to do that. So now I'm like, and that's really, it's so hard because I'm also a little bit socially, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I get a bit nervous when, I first, when I'm in company and it takes yeah. me a bit to kind of go, hey, hey, yeah, and relax around everybody. And a drink speeds that up. So yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll have a pint and then I feel better and then I'm good. So it's hard, but I'm, but I'm going to do it and I'm making those changes. And it's like, make the phone call that you've been putting off, send the email. Mm-hmm. Even if it's been too long, you haven't replied to an email and you go, oh fuck, I should have replied to that ages ago. Saying it, say, do you know what? I'm really sorry I've not replied yeah. to this before. I've just, you know what? I built it up in my head. It got bigger than it should have been this is why I'm doing this now. I'm really sorry. And people will, nine times out of 10, they'd be pretty cool. They'll go, no, don't yeah. worry. It's fine. We'll do it. Yeah. And most people go like, cause I recently went home for a while cause my dad got sick and I was home helping oh, take sorry. care of him and stuff. He's okay now, which is yeah. great. Um, but I went MIA like on everything. And I just went like, I had some bookers text me being like, are you okay? Are you coming back? Yeah. Like, what is happening? And I really did not answer. People were following up and following up on emails. And I was just like, I just wasn't in the headspace to answer them. Do you know what I mean? And like talk mm. comedy talk when I'm like in a hospital, my dad's getting his lung cut out. And like, wow. I just, I wasn't there. And when I came back and I was just really honest, I was like, look, I was going through a really hard thing. I was de- dealing with this and I was with my family, whatever. And everyone's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for like pestering you with emails. I didn't know you were dealing with all that. But most people, yeah, most people are understanding. And I think it is just yeah. being like, don't be like, oh, sorry, man. I was like too busy and whatever. Just like, you know, but just like, if you're not a dickhead, I think most people go, oh yeah, I'm really sorry you having to deal with all that shit. Yeah. And they just yeah. like, are pretty nice to you like yeah generally i think but yeah small, I think changes, so. small changes everywhere yeah just all you gotta do it's, and it doesn't have to be like you know yeah write a to-do list if you get it done then fine if you don't don't beat yourself up if you tick a couple of things off you tick one thing off a day yeah you're still you're still achieving you still achieve more than you did yesterday exactly. you know if you have one biscuit instead of two then that's a small change you know, and then eventually you'll you'll have a biscuit every now and again. You know, it's it's it just make just do it, do it now. Like you said, now is the best time. Yeah, and like also like my like my sister's on a weight loss journey now, and she's which has been amazing, and she's doing fantastic. But she'll be like, oh, I only lost you know one and a half pounds this week. I'm like, yeah, but like okay, you're one, you're still losing, and like if you hadn't been doing this sort of health journey and stuff. Like you don't always lose a ton of weight every single week, and uh, one yeah. and a half pounds in a week, it was weight you never would have lost back then. And cumulatively, like that's you're doing really great, and you're still losing, and you're still doing great. So also, like, don't be so hard on yourselves, right? Like you can't, yeah. you can't go from sitting on the couch to running a marathon. You have to train; it has to build up, and it takes time. And that's the same with like weight loss or getting healthy or changing habits. Like 
you need it it just needs to take time so just have some patience with yourself that you're yeah. not going to get to your goal tomorrow but also like one of the biggest things for me that I found and I don't know you might find this helpful which I really like is I think we focus so much on the scale and how much we weigh and you're yeah. such a fashion guy too so clothes could be a really good motivator for you and be like I really want this like cool jacket that I really want to fit into and I want that Something like that could be yeah. really great, like as a goal. But I started doing, I have a huge list of non-scale victories that I wanted to get. And even still, so yeah. there's stuff that I still can't do. And then there was stuff that I was like, I, I put on there like different ones. Like literally one of them was like being able to just like cross my legs. Like, you know, like <laughs> I swear to yeah. God, you know how like, a, like proper little ladies just like cross their legs I couldn't physically do that before because I was too big. And so now like that is, it's just now it's such a comfortable thing for me to do. But I, every time I cross my legs, it makes me so happy. (laughs) And and I had it on my non-scale victory list. And another thing was for the last few years before I had like the surgery, I needed a seatbelt extender on every airline I had taken, every airplane I'd taken, which was devastating and heartbreaking. I have a lot of stories about that that are just like, still make mm. me just crumble inside. But my, one of my goals was like, be able to get on a plane and just do up a seatbelt without, you know, with minimal effort. I'm just like, yeah. a and the first time I was able to do that, I was like crying on the plane. And the flight attendant's <laughs> like, we're about to take off. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just, you know, a normal person sitting on a plane. Like those, those things, I think, make a list of whatever you're trying to do of things that you couldn't have done before that don't have anything to do with the scale. They yes. don't have to do with like a number because then you go, even if I go a couple weeks without losing weight or even if I feel like I'm not bad, you go back and look at all the things you couldn't do before, all the things you couldn't have before that now you can do that is yeah. amazing. And like, I think that'll also give you motivation to keep going of like that kind of, those kind of little things or like, yeah, just setting goals like that for yourself. I love that. I love that. It's a beautiful way to finish. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kate. Um, when So your show's going to be on at Soho Theatre. Yes. I'm doing two days, April 12th and 13th, which is a Wednesday and Thursday of my Edinburgh show, Losing Myself. And it talks about growing up as a fat, awkward kid and then what led up to the change and how that all happened and me now and, and lots of jokes. It's not all like, you're not going to leave wanting to kill yourself, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like some Edinburgh hours. But it's, yeah. Yeah. it's good fun. It's at Soho Theater. So yeah. And I'm on like social media, everything at Kate Barron, B-A-R-R-O-N, two R's. Um, yeah. So I would love it if anyone could come. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for giving us your time. It's been a real a real pleasure because yeah. we haven't spoken for ages. We haven't seen you for ages, so it's nice. But we always, I feel like, get on, whenever I see you, we get on like a house on fire. Like, I feel like oh, yeah. it's just so easy to like chat with you. So this has just been lovely. Thank you so much for yeah. having me. Thank you very much for coming on. Insane in the membrane. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.